In this episode of The Dr. E Show, we chat with our guests about what it could be like to experience 21 days of complete silence, meditation, and fasting. We also mentioned briefly something called breatharianism, this idea that some people, such as certain yogis or qigong masters, may be able to cultivate such high-energy states that they live for long periods with little or no physical foods. Full disclaimer, this episode is not here to suggest anybody stop eating. Please do not engage in prolonged fasting without careful research and preparation, safety precautions, and professional supervision. This show and our community is all about making smart, healthy choices, taking personal responsibility, and creating well-being on all levels. So please, always, Safety first. Hello, this is Dr. Edith Ubuntu-Chan. Welcome to The Dr. E Show, a show exploring the frontiers of our human possibilities in areas like health and wellness, science and spirituality, quantum biology, and conscious living, so that together we can awaken the best of ourselves and create our most joyful and fulfilling lives. Question for you. Have you ever experienced a multi-day meditation retreat, maybe together with fasting or complete silence, where you went deeply within yourself to experience inner connection, clarity, and stillness? If so, you know about the possible challenges and life-changing magic of this kind of initiation. Now imagine instead of say three day or 10 day retreats that many of us have experienced, what if you did a 21 day retreat completely off the grid, fasting, in silence, in total stillness, prayer and meditation for 21 days? What insights might you receive? And who would you be at the end of such an initiation? My guest today is Brazilian teacher of yoga and pranic consciousness, Obram Silva. Obram grew up in an alternative conscious community in Brazil, and then at the age of 17, he underwent the famous 21-day process, together with many of his family members, including his mother, father, and siblings. Afterwards, they quickly became known in Brazil as the first, quote, breatharian family. Then gradually over time, Obram has moved away from that terminology of breatharianism, which I'm excited to chat about. And he's now known around the world as a beautiful and inspiring teacher of yoga, veganism, and pranic consciousness. Beyond his transmission of wisdom and insight from decades of yoga meditation practices, Obram's teachings are also grounded in his university training in physical education, his graduate degree in nutrition, and his decades of facilitating beautiful retreats and workshops all around the world. This year marks the 17th year since he first underwent the 21-day process, and he decided it was time to re-experience the process once again. And today we have the very special honor of chatting with him only five days after he came out from the 21-day process of complete stillness, silence, and fasting. 
I'm so excited to learn from him. I hope you guys can feel what a special honor it is to have this moment to connect with Obram freshly out of the insights of his new 21-day process. So please help me in welcoming the author of Traveling in the Light, In the Flow of Happiness, Vegan Yoga, and an upcoming book called Pranic Consciousness, one of my favorite human beings in the world, Obram Silva. Obram, welcome. Hello. Hello. Namaste, Jeej. Yeah, it's a very big honor to talk with you and make part of your projects that everybody knows is for the planet to get more harmony, love, peace, and consciousness. So I'm very happy to be here right now. Such a gift from the universe to be able to feel the light that is emanating from you after your 21-day process. So some of our audience has already been following your work for many years, but some of us are new to you. If you could please share with us a little bit of the background story, how your family came to know about this 21-day process, and how you got the courage to do it at age 17. First of all, that is mind-blowing for many people. And then now to go back to it the second time as a, a more mature person in your 30s, what's the difference? I have so many questions, so let's start with the backstory. Tell us about your background, this special community you grew up with, and, and how did you guys come to know about the 21-day process? Okay, okay. First of all, um, I apologize about my English. And um, I'm a very blessed person because I grew up in, in the middle of a family that it's full of light. I'm the bad one in my family. They, they, are, they are amazing people, really, really, really. I really learn with my brothers and my sisters and, of course, my father and mother. And I'm not the courage one. My parents, they are. They, they decide to move out of the, the city and uh, with a very material, the life for, for normal people uh, with a very, uh, with money and, and these facilities. Mm -hmm. And they decide to move for a countryside to be close to the nature and follow their heart. Not the rhythm of the craziness of people. Mm -hmm. So this in the 17s. So they, they really change everything. I, I born in, in this, everything ready to me and with a very new consciousness, uh, consciousness of love, of respecting the life and the beings and and they was very um 
they were very close with us and many stories for six years, the first six years of my life, we, we had no electricity. So the house at the night was just candles, very romantic to, you know, <laughs> to join the life. And, and they decide to have no TV just to show us the trueness and not that craziness that the TV shows. Mm -hmm. And then my family grow. And now we are 10 boys and girls and my parents. So we are a team, a team of people that support each other to maintain the presence, maintain the focus in the, in the heart, in the love. So I feel I'm very blessed. <laughs> I just, I just a very lucky guy, you know? And everything came to me very ready. And then I started to walk with my legs, with my feet, but um, journey that they, they start to, to walk. Since I've born, we follow the Yogananda's teach. And I, I grow up listening the stories of Mukunda, mm -hmm. the Yogananda in, the, in his childhood. And then, so we have this background of yoga since I've, I have born. We are vegetarian, we plant trees, we have our garden, we have fresh salads, organic, everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, very, very simple life. Through our choice, we decide to have a very simple life. Mm -hmm. And when I start to, to get my independence, I really feel that I need to share this with people. And start in my school <laughs> with my teachers and colleagues. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in 2001, in that time I, have, I had um, 17 years old a book came to us and the first pages of the book talks about Yogananda. And then my family says, wow, this is really to us. Mm -hmm. And then my mother made the process 
And four months later, seeing my mother like a very light being, very beautiful, like everything changed in her. And the book is Jazz Mohin's book about the 21 day process. Yeah. Living on light. Living on light. Yeah. And then my mother became so shiny, so beautiful that the whole family wanted to be the same. Yeah. So then the chapter number two starts. Mm. My mother following our process, the children process. And our house became a laboratory. Every day, a new thing, a new experiment, a new understanding, a new answer, a new discover. And, and then friends start to invite us to talk about our experience mm -hmm. and never end. Mm. Till today, I, I travel the world talking about my experience and now it's almost 18 years past. So, yeah, it's a lot of things to tell. Yes. In the same way, it's something very simple again. It's, it's day by day trying to follow the inner principles, the inner voice, mm -hmm. to be obedient of this guidance, and this is, I think, this is the most important thing. And in the same way is the biggest challenge. Because always our ego say, whoa, but now you are very special. Look, people around you, everybody ad admires you. Yeah. And... Everybody wants to have you close and, you know, and then you need to look at yourself and see how special you are like everyone else and see to yourself and see how small you are in terms of the whole creation. And, and then we back to our, to our place. And yeah, normally we think, well, I'm just this right now. And I need to do something um, significant with meaningful, you know? Mm -hmm. And because it's a gift to have this body this extraordinary alchemy and sometimes we lose this connection with simplicity and want to fly want to um, 
walk uh, on top of the water and wants to be like only telepathy now and wants to not eat or not drink or um, and it's a miracle our life we don't need to to prove to ourselves that we are special we are we are god in action but in the same time we need to observe our ego because the ego never 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 want to be satisfied so when you underwent the 21 day process at age 17 the media started paying attention to your family because it's very unusual and then everybody started calling you a breatharian you went through a journey of, of deciding you didn't want that label anymore. Can you tell us the story of how that evolved for you? Okay. Yeah. Um, some magazines and TV shows came and in the beginning, I convinced myself that well, this is part the divine plane and I need to, to answer this invitation. So I went to National Geographic TV program mm -hmm. and small Brazilian programs also. And then uh, I think the the one that really makes me knowing well is the the Qinghai TV. Yeah, Supreme Master Qinghai TV. Yes. 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 Supreme Master TV. Yeah. And then I start to receive invitation from all over the world, from Mongolia, from uh, Hong Kong, from south korea and yeah many many places yeah so after that i start i start to to travel a lot uh talking about this but in 2010 something happened this is already 80 years yeah and yeah it, feels very fresh to me because I still trying to change this image that people put on me and but it's already eight years mm -hmm. <laughs> well I went to India uh, for my second time to find special people the great yogis so i spent six months in india traveling around the small villages, on the top of the mountains uh, in the caves and you know uh, knowing really great yogis with cities cities means powers yes many of them 
uh, are breatharian. And many of them have other capacities like materialization, yes. make things yes. from the ether. And I was really into that. So my ego likes that, yeah. you know, that confirmation. So then I, I visit Irahata Manek, I visit Pralajani, I visit um, Sri Manikeshwari Mata, I visit many, 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 many. Yes. Well, I was very, very excited to, to see, to feel, to go close to the auras and, and feel that trueness. Then I back to Europe and went to my trip with lectures. I start to, to travel, to, to work again, talking. Mm-hmm. And I start my trip in Israel. Was um, seven lectures during seven days, one week. During this travel, there was a girl that was the partner of the man who organized my trip. Yes. And she always, in silence, always quiet, never express her impressions. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. And in the last day, we went to the border to, to say goodbye to this guy. He went to do some job in a university. And then we said goodbye. And we come back to the car, sit in silence with this lady. Mm-hmm. And she, she would to drive us to Tel Aviv. It was about two hours journey. And then she started to talk for the first time. Okay. She asked me, Oberon, can I talk what I think about your work? And for a moment, I think in myself, in my silence, no. (laughs) (laughs) Was so heavy, that question, that I knew something really strong would coming out. So then I answer her, of course, tell me, please. She starts to talk with a question. Oberon, what do you want to sell? And I just try to understand in the same way I understood what, what she said. 
And then he continues to say, you know, you are doing exactly the same as McDonald's and Coca-Cola are doing. You, you are selling a promise of a happiness with something that is external. So, oh, if you stop eating, you will get this and this and that, and then you can be happy. Mm-hmm. And then she said, you know, everything is inside of us. You tell people this, so you know this. Why you are trying to, to show people that they need something else? And I was so shocked. And during two hours, she don't stop to talk. And really, it was a mix of aggressive words and trueness. Mm-hmm. Trueness. Yeah. I, I, my ego wants to do some justifications, but... I just accept that and listen, listen. In the end, I start to think that, well, the most important thing to me is the truth. Mm-hmm. I want to be a servant of the universe. I want to be able to to help the angels, to help the masters, to help the invisible beings. I want to, I want to be able to serve. I don't want to show people that they need something. They don't need, they just need to realize what they are. We are, in essence, we are happiness. We are what we're looking for. So we, we don't need external excuses to be happy. Well, in that day, I really wanted to call my mom and say, our fairy tale over. Let's start to put the feet on the floor and walk in a very simple way and follow, you know, what the master says. Just be what you are, you know. Don't try to be something else. Just follow your heart because your heart is the true guide, the true guru, the true master. And, and you just need to listen and learn how to listen. Well, I didn't. I didn't call my mother. And I spent like hours with that. Oh my God. And now 
And next days I will start my lectures in Europe, in Holland, in Belgium, Germany, Switzerland, Spain, and Portugal. Wow. Um, what I will talk with people. I cannot talk something that is not true for me. And now I find the truth that is bigger than the truth that I had before. Yes. So now I need to follow this truth. So the next days, I just spend my time talking this story that I am talking to you. Mm -hmm. The lectures with a very big audiences. People really went there to see the guy who not eat. And then I just say, well, people, this, it's not important. This is just um, destruction. So let's back to our center and be, and just obey this, this voice. Yeah, this is my, my story that really changed the way that I work. Since then, mm -hmm. I start to, to meeting people and tell this story. But in the same way, I recognize the 21-day process as a very beautiful initiation and also a very powerful tool, you know, to, to change to change our patterns, to change our belief system, but not to be, to become breatharian, but to really see inside what's going on and what we really are. So I still working, talking with people about this initiation, and that we call now prana prashakti. Prana prashakti means connection with the vital force. Hmm. So uh, we, we have a center in Brazil and we receive people from around the world and, and we give guidance every day during the year, 365 days in a year, we are receiving people. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Everybody in silence, going really deep in, 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 the, in his own process, in their own process. It's magical. It's it's really beautiful, yeah. And in the same way, since 2010, mm -hmm. I recognize that it's most important that just talking with people about be happy and be simple and be grateful, be be thankful mm -hmm. i recognize that it, it's really important to talk about 
the injustices, the, the beings that suffering in the planet. You know, talking about something practical to change people's life. Mm -hmm. So then I start to talk about veganism really in a very strong way, you know, showing people what really happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is my life today. Wow. Is it not true that the 21-day process, I guess I should interview Jess Mohin about the evolution of her understanding of the 21-day process too. But as I understand it, she received mm -hmm. this guidance that the purpose of it was a deeper interconnection. But then she had the side effect of realizing, wow, I cannot eat for a very long time. This is amazing. And then that became the focus of our egos and our media. But the original intention of that information that came through her, it feels that that was never the, the focus. It was just a small side effect. But we human exactly. beings, just like what we did to all the religions, there was like this beautiful essence that comes through this teaching and then we misunderstand it and distort it over the years and then people get all confused. You know, yeah. it seems yeah. we have a tendency as human beings, our egos grab hold of a small piece and twist the teaching all around and we get very confused and lost again. Yeah. What you're yeah. saying is so simple. Come back to the original essence, which is just use it as a tool to get to know yourself more deeply. That's it. Yes, yes, correct. Yeah. And maybe I, I talk everything, with everything that we learn out there, we should maybe just use that simple lens. How can I use this to get to know myself deeper? That's it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, during my talks with with Jasmine, she she recognized like that, and and she recognized that is a a misunderstanding of people. Uh, what they do with the twenty one day process, and still, well, she um, recognized that to maintain this this initiation like something for for ego it's better to not talking about to not talk about this initiation so i don't know if in the other countries is the same but the 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 new uh editions of the the living on light from jasmine mm -hmm. have a note in this note, she talks about this. The 21-day process, it's not necessary anymore. So don't, don't put your focus in this. So she, she advises people to not go into the ego. Yes. But we know people. We know ego and people really, as you said, yeah, people want the this this small things that makes our stimulus for the sensorial pleasures and then forget 
the higher meaning of the things. So tell us about veganism. I'm going to speak as if I'm a devil's advocate, okay? If what you said before is we should not seek happiness outside with external tools, then why does it matter what I eat? Why is it your business what I eat or don't eat? It's my business. If it tastes good to me, I eat whatever I like because I know myself. I don't want to listen to you about your vegan stuff, right? I'm sure you hear this all the time. What is your response? Okay. You live in the same planet as me. Yes. Right? Yeah. You need water as I need. Right? Okay. Um, you need food. So we need forest. Otherwise, we have no rain. But to maintain forests, we cannot grow in lot of food and we cannot do pasture. So, in other words, we cannot produce animal products because we have no space. 70% of the agriculture, I mean the production of beans, mm -hmm. it's not for humans, it's for animals. Mm -hmm. So, we occupied a lot of space to, in the end, we have some barbecue, we have some yogurt, we have some chocolate with milk, mm -hmm. but we have deserts in California. We have year after year less raining. We start to do holes in the earth mm -hmm. to suck the water that is inside of earth mm -hmm. there is a limit and we are very very close to this limit so when when people say it's not your business well this is a very big selfishness because they are just thinking about they, themselves they are not thinking about the next generation they are not thinking about their children or grandchildren. Mm -hmm. There is a mathem mathematical calculations from United Nations that in this century, probably our species will disappear. So what we choose to eat really 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 matters and well when people say it's not your business yeah it's my planet it's my life and i really really want that my children my grand grandchildren experience this beautiful experience of being in this earth with forest, with raining, with rainbows, with birds, 
But the most important thing that it's the, the right answer to this question. Some of us know that, but it's so hard to change our habits. There are many things that we know is the right thing to do, but it's so difficult to change our habits. We have different addictions. And what advice do you have? Because it, it, it doesn't feel sustainable if we just deprive ourselves. When we decide to believe in our skills, then it's really hard to change. When we want to change, we need to start to kill our excuses. Excuses. Yes. And then, of course, we will have our challenge because, yes, it's not so easy if I grow up taking every day that kind of food. But this resistance, I think, it's the human part of us. You know, it's the, it's the beautiful part of us that is consciousness. When I know something and starting from that point, I do small changes. Okay, I decide to not talk bad things, for example. Mm -hmm. And... The first day I will make some conversation with my friends and every time I start to talk and beep, 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 I have an alarm in my brain okay. because I, I had one decision. So I became alert and well, I back to my center, I back to my presence I, I start from zero again. And then I'm very distractive and start to talk and wow, again, from the zero. Mm -hmm. So in the end, that habit will not be part of me. I will be very strong. So I will can support my decisions. Then I do another decision. And with food, with diet, it's the same. If I just tell people, really, if you continue to eat your cheese, the next generation will disappear. People look at me like a crazy man, you know, that be in the, in the corner of the square, yeah. say... Be free and read the Bible. Just Christ will liberate you. Well, but if I go to the points that is really practical in essence to people's life, for example, some people like scientific studies, like... Um, you are addicted, addicted to cheese because have casein and casein became casomorphine and then beta casomorphine 7 and going to your brain and then blah, 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 blah. Some people really feel like, whoa, I didn't know that. 
So from that moment, when he going to buy a cheese, the alarm came and and then they think about. Yes. For other people, studies, science, I, I don't care about this. I just care. Go to Bible and go to Genesis chapter 1 and versicle 28 and 29. I have answer. And I start to talk with people about this. Plants, beans, was made to us to nourish our bodies. God makes that. For scientific people, this is nothing. Right. For another people, I need to talk about environment. But most of people, when I talk what happens with the animals, everything changes. Most of people. Because inside of us, it's part of us, empathy, compassion. It's like our arm. It's part of our body. Mm -hmm. Empathy is part of us. So when I start to talk very gently, you know, not like aggressive, you are uh, assessing and you kill uh, sentient beings. When I just put words from my heart, talking with the heart of this other being in front of me mm -hmm. and show them that the cow, the chicken, the fish, they all have the same, same feelings. And what happens right now with them, it's something that it's terrible, terrible. It's very, very sad life. When I start to talk really what happens to the cheese came to our plate, to the yogurt, people really became impressive. The eyes start to open and open and open. Yeah. And something changed. Always change when the words comes with love. If I start to talk, just talking what happens, people really start to be aggressive and don't want to listen. It's not your business what I eat. Right. I don't want to listen what you say. So I, I feel this importance to make people knowing. Most of people just continue their habits because they don't know what's happened. The TV shows don't show us. The media don't show us. The teachers don't show us. The university don't show us. So how we change if we don't know what happens? When we start to realize what's really happening in the animal agriculture, especially with the dairy industry, it is so atrocious. 
is too painful to face that reality. Once yeah, you look at it, it is so painful. It's too much. How? And then we yeah. just, it, even if you speak with love, sometimes it's just, oh my God, I, I'm, it makes you want to vomit. It's just hard to handle. What advice do you have for us to also be gentle with ourselves and not approach it from the state of feeling guilty or feeling bad, but from the state of love and kindness and compassion? Because sometimes it's a fine line. We make choices out of guilt or out of love is different. Can you talk with us yeah. about that? Yes, I really agree with you. Sometimes I... I perceive that face the truth, it's something that makes us so uncomfortable. Touch our comfort zone in a way that is so painful that we really don't want to see. Because if we talk about, we know this uncomfortability that we are promoting so most of people uh, when they decide to be vegan they they just be quiet because they know if I talk something people will not like me anymore right. <laughs> when I talk with people my attention is include me in the scenario for example when we eat meat in the weekend something happened something happened to that corpus <laughs> be there and i include myself when we consume cheese you know i always put myself and people don't feel judged yeah 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 so um became easy you know talking about feelings i start to talk about feelings i don't go directly to the the knife going to through the through of the animals and yeah. Yeah. i just go into the feeling of that mother cow and her baby mm -hmm. and how they are attached how they like the life how they enjoy each other and how painful is and I know it will be painful for the ones who listen to this story, but in a very gentle way, people start to agree with me. Oh, yes. Oh, oh terrible. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Wow, wow, wow. And, and of course, sometimes what, be, what came out is guilty. But sometimes this guilty is the most motivation. It's not the best way, but it's the motivation. And after this, the decision, when the, the, the decision are made, 
the guilty disappear and people feel so light so free but of course when we going in this way of changing through love everything became so natural so easy you know easy easy uh, like people that change through guilty sometimes they feel oh but i like oh my god i am suffering because i really love cheese but i cannot take because and when i change through love i look at cheese and i don't see something to eat anymore right yeah but yeah i don't think these two parameters will depend of the one who talks it's more from the ones who listen you know of course the one who talks needs to talk with love but how people will get that depend depend of the background depend of the moment in the life that people are living always i tell people something when you think that is hard to change think about the life of these sensitive beings and if you can do some comparison the difficult that you have and the difficult that they have and always the answer is my difficult it's nothing it's nothing in your in your book <laughs> your brilliant book thank you you talk about the important thing is how you eat more than what you eat and i agree with you if i understand what is food if i continues to thinking that other beings is food i need to change that perception but if i recognize what is food what is food then the most important thing is how you eat with joint chewing you know present and then even you take a vegan chocolate that is not good or a hot or a vegan hot dog or vegan hamburger that is not good if you are present then yeah you can join and and you will have no such a big trouble we need to recognize what is food and i don't consider edit as a food and i don't consider my brothers and sisters as a food i know what is food and i know that is have 
bad foods and good foods. I try always to go into the good foods, but sometimes my ego wants bad foods. And then I follow your, your mastery, your my advice my, my, to okay. know how to. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my, in my book, we also have something that I call the diet that makes all your diets go obsolete. And it's called the fan diet. And to listen uh -huh. deeply when you eat, is it fun? Is it fun and tasty? When you are aware yeah. that the food was the product of so much suffering, is not so much fun. Super. When you grew, I, I saw, I saw, yeah, alive. A stands for alive. You know, if you eat dead, dead things, you don't feel so alive. When you eat alive things, you have an aliveness within you. Just listen for that. And then the third one is: Does it cause no negative effects? Do you feel negative effects in your body? And when you become more, expand your awareness, does it cause negative effects on the planet, in the society? And so I say we can, in my opinion, throw away all the rules and just listen for the fan diet. Is it fun and tasty? Does it make you feel alive? Does it cause no negative effects? But it takes tremendous courage and stillness to listen that deeply. The good news is as we start to practice, it gets easier and easier. And as we eat foods that is more harmonious, it also makes it easier to listen because we don't have so much heaviness in our bodies, you know? Super. Can you, can you talk about how the relationship between our food and our consciousness, you know, many of us want to have deep, inner awakening experiences we know it's possible and maybe we're eating the wrong types of foods that's blocking that possibility can you talk about that yeah yeah our conscience is create part of our conscience comes from the experience from our senses what we see what we eat what we smell what we hear what we touch and in the very primitive way, the uh, back part of our brain, mm -hmm. reptilian part of our brain, reptilian brain, I don't know. Oh, the reptilian brain, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. This part, just make choice if I will survive, so if I have pleasure, if this uh, is tasty, if it's just to maintain the species and maintain the, the being alive. So our brain just observe that and, and makes us to follow these roots of going to the tasty, the pleasure, like sex, like eating, like... Uh, good place to sleep mm -hmm. yeah our protection in a very primitive way the other observations is if makes me feel pain I need to escape if makes me feel bad I need to 
not go again to that experience. Mm -hmm. Then another part of mm -hmm. our brain that calls hypothalamus. Mm -hmm. yeah? Hypothalamus, same in English. Yeah. Okay, hypothalamus. Uh, produce our emotions. So we will start to produce peptidiums. I don't know if it's in, in English like this. And this small fractions of neurotransmitters, transmitters, mm -hmm. will um, be sended to our hypothesis and then going to whole body. Each cell of our body will capture this emotion yes and this emotion come with the memory of the experience and we call this memory cell mm -hmm. yeah so everything that i experienced in my life is registered in my body every little detail everything the good experience the bad experience if i do theta healing if i do magnify healing if i do um oponopono yes i can do anything these memories will never never change i can re-meaning the information i can change the focus i can mood the 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 way of how my brain uh, reads that information but the memory is still there well where i want to go with this information the cow have senses have reptilian brain mm -hmm. have hypothalamus have hypothesis have peptides have cells yeah and the same process happen with the cow so when you take us you are taking that information the all suffering of the cow, the whole suffering. When the cow is separated of his child, when the cow uh, have mastitis, when the cow have um, acidosis huminal, when the cow have this disease and how people treat, treat all this information is in the cells of the cow. So when you take a steak, you are eating that information. When you take a glass of milk, you are taking that information because from that, that experience, my body starts to produce new cells with the information of the, the whole life. So... During three years, I changed my whole body, my cells. 37 trillion cells I changed in three years. But the new cells came with this information of years ago, with this information of my experience. Mm -hmm. 
just to maintain, to survive. So milk comes from production of new cells. Milk is from its, its, its cells. So in the milk, I have the whole information of the life of that cow. If the cow have a bad life, in the glass of milk, I have bad life. So what's going on? Because I put inside of my body and how I know that experience. I know because I have a second brain. That is my intestines. Right. 500 million neurons in my intestines. And this is part of a system that we can call center nervous. The information that we put in our intestines going to our brain through a nervous call, how to call that? The vagal nerve? In Portuguese is vago. Yeah, same. Okay. Uh, the information that we put in our intestines, I start to processing in my brain. This because it's a very high technology, our second brain. Mm -hmm. He can observe the memory cell of the, the food. And then if I put inside of my second brain pain, suffering, sadness, violence, I start to thinking violence, sadness, suffering. I start to be attractive to this kind of things, to this kind of conversations, to this kind of uh, TV programs. I start to be nourishing myself with this information. And the other thing is the chemical, the chemistry of happiness in my body, it's made from serotonin. And serotonin, it's 95% of serotonin it's producing in our intestine. Right. So when we put sadness in the place where we produce happiness, we make a collapses. And that's why we have in the world the number one disease is calling depression. Because we eat sadness every day in the breakfast, in the lunch, and dinner. So there is another level of conversation that is the subtle effects. We have a eater a field of information. In, in quantum physics, we, we have this, this calculus and these answers. When the butterfly fly in Japan, we have a tsunami and, and here, right, you know? They call it the butterfly effect. Exactly, the butterfly effect. So everything is connected. 
if I make, I create a very bad thought, this goes to un the collective unconscious and people around the world start to have this, that feeling. I mean, we start to co-create the reality in that way, suffering, violence. So it's not a surprise to us to see our society today, how how goes, because we are nourishing the the source, the the yes, the source um, with this kind of nourishment. So conscience and food, it's super connected. You know, happy, in peace. I need to look at this at this point. Yeah, I would say to the person who says, why is it any of your business what I eat? I think a beautiful answer is, is not maybe my business, but you are telling me that maybe sometimes you're unhappy, sometimes you're sick, sometimes you're tired, sometimes you're angry. You feel lost. You don't know what is the purpose of your life. You are very unclear and haven't found an inner connection. If you're struggling with these things, maybe it's time to try an experiment. What happens? Who are you when you lighten up your foods and eat more cleanly? Who are you if you don't contribute to the suffering on this scale three times a day, every day for your whole life? I think we don't really know who we are until we give it a try. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I also advise people, I give a challenge, try 21 day. Have you ever tried that? 21 Look, days to be vegan? Yes. Because you know about the 21 day? Yes. What happens in our brain? This is yeah. roughly how long they so, think it takes to establish a new habit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then normally people, when they are across 21 days, they really feel, well, I feel so, so good. Why I will go back to that, you know, feelings. So, but people need to agree with this challenge. Yeah. And need to talk in a very gentle way to show them that is something uh, good to try. I think you radiate so much love when you're speaking about this that it is irresistible. I think everybody listening to this conversation would like to try because we see how bright, how, how radiant you are as you speak about it. So speaking of 21 days, you, you just finished your second 21 day process 17 years since you did it the first time yeah was it a surprising experience this time i consider that it was my first time because hmm. it was was so so deep i went to a levels that for sure i never tried before if if I um, if I do something that is not the twenty-one day process, not prana prashakti, 
if I do like a fasting with juices or fruits in silence, or if I maintain my diet, eating every day, but during 21 days in silence, it's a very, very profound experience. The silence, it's a powerful key to go inside. The 21-day process, the Pranaprashakti, associate this silence with other magical thing that is cleaning the second brain. Don't put more information inside. Mm. So if I don't put more information, I will not process in thoughts that is not me. I see. I start to see what I am. So for me, this the first week that is a desert, and nothing, we don't take water, nothing. The two first day, uh, my ego say, whoa, why you are doing again? <laughs> why? You don't need anymore. You understand. You practicing meditation every day. You do yoga. So why you are going to this? Yeah. So my ego starts to trying to put me out. The third day, I wake up so connected to myself, so in love with this Oberon that you cannot see, or maybe you see, but beyond the eyes, mm -hmm. this essence, this light essence, that my ego tried to talk and was like mother when the mother are cooking and the son say, ma, 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 ma. And the mother like didn't hear. Was like the ego for me, you know? Many questions, why, why, why? And I was just there, just true there. The fourth, the fifth and the, the the next days was deeper and deeper and deeper going to this presence. I don't remember the last time that I really feel so present, so present. When my mind comes to a future thought, project, planning, in that moment, something inside of me just come back to here. And here, it's so amazing. It's a paradise here. It's, it's so simple, but extraordinary. It's Sometimes when we, we want to put in words and we start to talk poems, but the silence, it's so beautiful that the words 
we're never going to compare and we're never going to the level to express what is that. So the third week, the last seven days, this five days ago, I was so deep, deep in love with life, with the people that comes around me, the trees, the trees, they are so beautiful beings. They are very patient. They, they don't judge. They are there, you know, like do what you want to do, God, or universe, or Allah, or Tupan, or Ja. Do what you want to do. I'm here. I feel myself as a tree, you know. No, in the way of, oh, you became crazy. No, just the feeling of, wow, I, every time I, I want to be the guide of my life, I do mistakes. I do, I miss around. But every time in my life, when I surrender myself to the divine plane, everything came so shiny, so beautiful. And I going to meditate in the forest, under the trees, seeing the trees as my masters, <laughs> I really feel like, whoa, I need to surrender as a tree. And the whole week, I just live that second, that moment. No two minutes later, just that moment. And was like a paradise. No desire to do nothing else, just to be there. I want to maintain that but day next my process i go to the town go to the bank and the life start to came again with crazy and noises so i just visit that paradise i i am not there anymore but every day i still maintain my practicing to visit and to to inspire my day from that experience. I, I feel that I reborn for sure. And you know now a new Oberon. I am trying to know myself better. It's magical because you have this. You, you know, you, you have this so close to you. I have this so close to me. My friends, people always have this so close to them. And we, we don't join that. We worry so much. And when I stop and feel 
that bless that the universe gives to us every day and we just don't don't perceive don't join the present moment here and now it's always with us but we escape <laughs> so yeah it was a very profound experience still here but <laughs> change a little <laughs> thank you for your humility to say that yeah there's still we're all on a journey to keep learning about ourselves that's that maybe in some ways after deep experience like that the real process starts in how to bring this more consistently into our day-to-day -day life how to start and end each day remembering that essence and cultivating the ability to bring that essence into the bank, into the traffic jam, into all the transactions <laughs> of life. That's the really advanced work, actually, mm -hmm. you know? I understand that the word discipline, our ego, doesn't like but it's something really meaningful really beautiful and makes us free so discipline to me it's liberation it's not jail so when i wake up in the morning and sit in the place where I meditate every day, I go into a paradise and not going to a war. Yes. And I feel so, you know, so gen gentle with myself. When I finish my meditation, that is something simple, you know, it's not something complicated. Yeah. Something just observing my breath, my feelings, my sensations be here. Yeah. And when I finish that, I start to, to observe that feeling in my body. Mm -hmm. And when I am in the bank, when I driving, I always trying to remember, you know, that sensation that is not so far. It's just a few hours. So I remember that feeling and when I start to remember, it's incredible. My, my breath starts to be deep. It's automatically. I start to remember. And when I breathe, everything changes. Yes. So when I cleaning the plate, the noise of my mind is in the troubles and the worries. And then something come to me and say, are you here? In that moment, I going back to that memory of my morning, the experience of my morning and a very deep breath 
coming. So, what difference for my life? The different difference is when somebody comes to me very angry and talks bad things about myself and I do this deep breath and I visit that paradise, that bad words don't affect me. I feel compassion. He doesn't understand that they, they are poisoning themselves with this anger. Mm -hmm. If I know this, I, I don't give me space to be anger. I am somebody that you will never see anger because I know the bad consequence that I do to my body, to my emotions, and to the planet. So, but to have this control, I need to remember the paradise inside of me and this beautiful soul that I am. <laughs> and this maybe is ego saying, oh, my soul, it's beautiful. No, when we recognize the soul in other people as the same soul that you are, you see people as a very beautiful people. Even the appearances comes angry or sad, you can see beautiful people. And then you say namaste in a very meaningful way. Yeah. So when people ask me how to do this, I say, choose something in your life that you consider bad and try to change. But a small thing, not a big thing, small, something that you can hand and then try to maintain and devolve it this alarm. When you have this alarm and every day you will have times or moment of presence. When the alarm go on, you come again to the present moment. And this makes difference. So this is your recommendation for how we can cultivate the, quote, discipline to come back to our paradise. Yeah. It takes yeah. discipline to live in paradise. Yeah, this is true. But not have discipline, light discipline, gentle dis discipline. Not like, oh my God, I need to be very strong. I need to do three hours asanas. I need to know. You need to be very gentle. You need to join the life. But you need to stop. And stop is it's not bad. It's just stop. And when you stop, you visit the place that are with you always. 
you will not going to somewhere some other place you just going to where you are <laughs> so this really doesn't take doing anything very drastic it is just check in with yourself yeah just observe yeah. and come back yes. to yourself you go live your same life you go to the yeah. bank you drive in the traffic jam you go to work you cook for your children you do everything the same but you commit to coming back to yourself yes. constantly throughout yes. the day and just observe yes and the consequence is more consciousness when you talk you talk in a very loving way when you think you think in a very loving way yeah. when you interact with people will be in a loving way so when you choose something to eat will be in a loving way yeah this really changed the life and it's very simple egos don't like simplicity but to be happy you need to go out of the ego so go to the simplicity I, when I speak to you, I go into a timeless state, but I'm noticing the time now. So I'd love to transition and find out what are your new projects and how can we follow your work? You have workshops, you have a movie coming up. Can you tell us how we can follow and support your work? My, my contact is on Facebook because I have no mobile, so I don't use WhatsApp and this kind of things. And Facebook is, you find me as Oberon On or Oberon Aum. And I have a web page that is conscienciapranica.com. And I'll put all of that in the show notes. So you guys don't worry about spelling it. It's all below in the show notes. Great. Yeah. I'm doing this book called Pranic Consciousness. And after two years working, we are going to the end of this project of the documentary MUKO. And for sure, will be something, yeah, interesting. Uh, I, I know this project and, well, uh, you will see the, the result of these two years and I think people will like, well, I have my retreats, four-day retreats with yoga and meditation, normally in Brazil. Um, we have this place where we receive people called Portal Parvati and to Pranaprashakti, to the 21-day process. And every year, um, bring people to India in a group. So if you want to join me and know India, uh, we have this tour. And well, this to supporting me in this project, probably next month we will do a crowdfunding for the finalization of the project money to put in the cinema, in the theater. Okay. 
Wonderful. Thank you wow. so much. Indeed. I want to come to India with you. When's the next trip going to be? January. January? Okay, I'll look at yep. the dates. Exciting. <laughs> okay, yes. so our very final question, maybe the most important question of all. We've had a wonderful almost hour and a half, two hour conversation here. So many beautiful moments. And also you have lived a beautiful 33 years on planet Earth and you carry so much wisdom and so many powerful experiences supporting so many people in their transformation also. You've worked with, I'm sure, many thousands of people now. Yes. So if yes. you were to distill all these learnings down to one very simple advice, one important essence that we should understand, what is the most important thing for us to know to open to our next level of possibilities? Okay. We will not be the first time that I talk this. I really recognize that we need to listen our inner being, trying the best we, as we can to be obedient of this voice, this inner principles. Combine this experience, I really advise people to be thankful. When we are complaining, we are resonate, resonating waves of very low frequency. When we feel thankful, these waves is so high and put us in a very, very high position. And the life is so brilliant, it's so beautiful. We have many motives to say thank you every day. So, yeah, be thankful. Today is so easy for me to be thankful for this beautiful conversation we had. And I'm so thankful for all of our listeners to come on this journey of exploration together with us. It's a um, very special kind of human being, the kind that is helping to give birth to a much better way of being on planet Earth who is listening to this show. So I want to thank each and every person that has been sharing this conversation with us. And Obram, I want to thank your amazing family for creating the fertile soil off of which you blossom into the beautiful being that you've become. So thank you so much to you and to your entire family. I have so much gratitude. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I say thank you every day to my family because really, I feel really blessed. They really help me. And thank you, Edith, to this space, to be what you are. I feel inspiring when I see your videos and now I have your book. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful that the universe makes us once 
to be together and then again and again. So thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for all. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, friends. Did you love that interview? If you did, please leave a review and share with all your friends so that many more people can benefit from these game-changing insights. You can also go onto our website, dredithubuntu.com, and subscribe to our newsletter, where you'll receive free trainings and next-level ninja tools that we only share on our newsletter. Together, let's turn your life into a brilliant masterpiece.